Straight out of the heart of Texas, here come the students of conflict, helping you become a better Malifaux player and reach the top of the podium, one game at a time. Hello! Hello! And we are trying to become better Malifaux players, leveling up ourselves and hopefully leveling others up as well. We do that by interviewing top third players from the Lone Star Conference, playing in Malifaux tournaments across the U.S. We're not trying to capture their entire tournament journeys here. We want to take an in-depth look at a single game from each of our guests. What were key decisions that they made before the game, during the game, and now, looking back at the game, what were the things that they learned and could pass on to others? Our basic format is we interview the guests all at once, just as soon as possible after the tournament, where it's all fresh in their minds, and then we can get some good cross-flow between the guests. And then rather than publishing one long marathon podcast, we break it up, releasing one individual podcast per guest, helping people level up one game at a time. So today we're speaking with Brian, Jonathan, and Trey. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. They came in second, third, and first respectfully at the 14 January Lone Star Conference Tournament in Houston. We're going to be releasing them as episodes 2A through 2C. And of note, we played this tournament with non-legally binding clocks. It was the first time that we'd done that here in this conference. And uh, so we'll be talking about clocks a little bit as we go through. I'm going to turn the mic here over to Nick, and uh, we'll see about uh, him working with Jonathan. Well, hello. Hey, Jonathan, Nick, how's it going? how have you been, bud? We're doing great. I uh, just got invited to this awesome podcast, and I'm getting to uh, talk to some fantastic people. So, uh, not just invited, invited back. Oh, you're, you're right. The yeah, first return guest <laughs> ever, and no one can ever take that away from you. Thank you so much. That's right. And uh, uh, Doug should be PayPaling you money for this appearance uh, sometime after the episode airs. So just uh, expect that cents, stipend. I think it's my standard uh, fee. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Well, great to have you, and congratulations on another podium. Yeah, thanks. All right, so Jonathan, what are your thoughts on clocks before uh, attending this tournament? Uh, so I'd never really played with them. I was concerned that it would uh, hamper my ability to play a decent Malifaux game, and I think that that is true. Uh, so at this tournament, I played with clocks officially on game one, and it felt a little bit like work, but we did get done. Uh, I ended up running out of time because apparently I'm too slow, or it could just be like a candy <laughs> effect of understanding that every time you activate your model, you're going to be stunned and lose a card. So that kind of involves some analysis paralysis. For the game I'm talking about uh, today, round two, like there was a clock on the table, but I, I promise that I did not see it. Like we didn't intentionally not use the clock, but for wh whatever reason, I didn't even notice that it was there. And it was a really fun game. Uh, round three, I played Trey and we sort of used the clock. We used it very badly. And it was also a very fun game. So I think like, uh, especially like in big tournaments like GTs, I think clocks are great. Um, but I definitely prefer to play off clock, even if it means that I'm not going to get, you know, a full game done. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so uh, tell us about uh, what round uh, you're going to be talking about um, and then uh, what faction you're playing and then what decisions led to the master declaration. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's a really good question. I appreciate you asking it. Uh, so um, I'm going to be talking about round two, and this one was actually streamed on uh, Heroic Scale Gamers. Um, so if you want, you can watch, you can see all my like bootleg, uh, marker, uh, you know, markers and dice and whatever else, all the, all the uh, sad little bits and pieces that I used to play with. But anyway, uh, so it, it's on there and it's a really pretty table that Doug set up. It's a nice, uh, winter wonderland. 
So I definitely uh, suggest checking that out just to see the cool terrain. But um, yeah, so this was round two, and uh, I'm I was playing Arcanist in this tournament. I've been playing Arcanist since uh, the summer, and so I've been just trying to learn different masters and get smarter with them. So I'll probably keep playing them for for the time being. I still have several masters I haven't really uh, checked out yet, or at least you know learned enough about uh, before I, I feel like I should move on to something else. But um, let's see, this was a standard deployment, guard the stash. Team pool is break through, assassinate, catch and release, spread them out, and public demonstration. Um, I was playing into Bayou, and um, there's a couple Arcanist masters that I think work well for Bayou. One of those is Sandeep, um, and Sandeep also works really well with his scheme pool, so I decided to take him uh, for this matchup. What specifically about Sandeep do you feel like makes him play so well against Bayou? Uh, he has a lot of good models that are uh, seven stones or under. A lot of his, you know, gamut are really cheap, so that works well for public demonstrations. Spread them out and catch and release, and his wind gamut are really fast, so breakthrough is super easy. And again, because they're so cheap and mobile, you can hire two, and you're not really uh, harming yourself in any way, uh, you know, doing that. Fantastic. So, Jonathan, before the tournament, you chose Sandeep for this crew. Um, what was your overall gl- game plan um, once uh, Bayou, not only Bayou, but uh, uh, when your opponent revealed Wong? What were your overall thoughts in shaping your crew? So, another great question. Thanks, Nick. So, uh, I'd actually played maybe this exact crew or a very similar crew uh, last month uh, against John Moser. Uh, so, I had a pretty good idea of what it could accomplish. Um, and I've also played Wong, you know, several times myself. So I, I was pretty familiar with the crew. Sandeep and Wong kind of do the same thing with shockwaves. My guys tend to be a little bit tankier than the Whizbang guys. So I was, I wasn't too concerned, uh, you know, with that aspect. Gotcha. With the table you were on, it looks like it was the, uh, what was it? Table number six with the yep. light up ice pillars, which Doug looks fantastic Correct. in person and on stream, by the way. <laughs> With the board layout, layout did that impact your crew decisions um, in any way? Uh, it probably should have, but I I, I kind of took a, a a standard crew. The only big change I made was I ended up taking uh, Soulstone Cash on Banasuva, just because I was expecting a lot of like ping damage from Wong. Uh, you know, normally I wouldn't worry about it, but I, I didn't want him getting killed off just you know arbitrarily because there were so many shock uh, shockwave markers being thrown down. So that that was probably the only. Big, big shift that I made. Um, but again, uh, Sandeep is really mobile and his, uh, when his wind gamut concentrate uh, within six of Banasuba, they can place a model four inches. So I, I didn't have to worry too much about pillars or force being in the way for, you know, the big fat ice column. Fantastic. Um, based on this, the strategy and scheme pool, I could definitely see why you brought uh, uh, Sandeep's crew uh, and the elementals and, and academics into this pool. What were your, kind of target schemes that you were uh, really eyeballing dependent on maybe the um, deployment zones and other decisions that might have happened or based on the information you'll have uh, once right at the game start? Uh, so, yeah, so I picked Breakthrough this just because it's easy for, for Sandeep and the wind gamut. It's pretty easy to get at least one across the, the, the deployment zone line, you know, alive. Even if they kill one, it's hard to kill both of them before they can score that. Um, and I probably should have uh, taken Assassinate, um, but I guess last month when I was playing into Wong, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, John played him a little more cagey, and so I was worried that he was just going to run away, which you know doesn't feel good. Um, that turned out to be a huge mistake. I, I took uh, Public Demonstration, I think just kind of to try it out. I had the models available, and I haven't 
taken that scheme very much. So I was trying to see if I could actually score it. Um, and, and again, I, I, I would have scored, uh, you know, several more points, I think, if I had gone, gone otherwise. Gotcha. Once your opponent's crew was revealed, did you have any inkling of what your opponent uh, was going after as far as schemes are concerned? No, you know, that's a, that's a good uh, question. I didn't really think about it too much. Um, you know, Wong starts pretty tightly packed and because uh, he's got to get his glowy off. So it, it that didn't really impact my, my deployment. Um, definitely not. You know, once he started moving around, it became easier to see maybe kind of what he was going for. Um, but again, a, after after the basically the first activation, he was kind of in a bad place. So I think that also affected his his decisions and and probably changed a lot of things that he was hoping to do with the game. Absolutely. Uh, any questions from our guests based on the pre-game plan uh, that Jonathan has informed us of? Sounds pretty straightforward to me. It was, it was pretty straightforward. It was, it was standard deployment. You got to go standard. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the rules. And is this kind of a pretty bog standard sand deep uh two list that you run in there yeah pretty much uh, i think i i sub, sometimes i run two golems in this case i rubbed uh rubbed i ran kudra just because she has a little like a uh, pulse heal and i was worried about taking a bunch of shockwave damage um and, and then i took the soulstone cash on banasuva but those are the only big changes i made i had wanted to ask and this kind of circling back to the versus uh wong in particular because you said that your crew is generically tankier than than his, and I would have thought that all the blast resistance that almost everybody in his crew has would have given him an advantage on the tankiness. Is is that not the case, or that it's good because it prevents damage, but it doesn't prevent all the conditions that Sandeep Two's laying out, or how does that work? Right, I don't really care as much about the damage as I do the burning and making them stand in a pyre marker because because then they're 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 basically damaging themselves and or having to use AP to remove the burning. So the you know getting the the two damage or the one damage because of blast resistant that's just kind of icing on the cake. I, I, it's I'm trying to you know affect affect decision making and again have that kind of you know ping damage that's that's passive that happens at the end of every turn. Um, so and and they still have to take the burning uh, based on Sandeep's rules. Makes sense. Was there ever a uh, time that you thought Sandeep one was the better option for this, or was Sandeep one even a uh, option in general for this tournament or for even this round? See, that's a great question. I, I, I like to take Sandeep because I do have like a, I have a, a list in mind for a certain Bayou master that does involve Sandeep one, but no one ever plays that master against me. So I haven't, I haven't tried it out yet. I, I just think Sandeep two is a lot more fun. So I, I generally take him instead. Fantastic. All right. So the game's uh, about to start. Uh, deployment zones are chosen. Uh, were you the attacker or defender? Um, in this game, do you remember? So I was defender, and uh, Christian split his crew into two pieces. I, I he he had basically Wong in his uh, support pieces or all his big beaters. So I asked him to deploy the beaters. When he put them in a clump, it, it kind of dictated my game plan, which is to have Sandy make Banasuva throw him up within ten inch range, and drop down three pyre markers where all his models are bunched up. Um, it's it's really easy, and it doesn't it doesn't put Sandeep in a lot of danger and I, I'm flipping fives versus him having, I, I have to flip three fives to do it. And he has to flip a lot of sevens and eights to try to prevent it. Um, so it, it just gives me a big, you know, card advantage uh, doing that. And then he's standing in pyre markers. 
uh, which is like really satisfying. Oh, I could imagine. Uh, if anybody gets a chance to watch it on stream, it's kind of brutal watching that Wong crew try to get out of those three pyre markers. Yeah. Burning ticks real quick. I had lived that life with, <laughs> I, I think it was, I don't know. I ran Maw into you or something and it, it was yeah. exactly the same. So yeah, I was like, I've been there. I know exactly what that feels like. And it feels burning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah. A burning and, sensation. And relatively easy just to spread out in with Maw, I think it was that we played. I'm not so sure that it is in, in Wong, that that's really an option that he has to deploy um, differently. Yeah, I mean, like if, if he had, like maybe if he had spread out, I don't know if it's the full six inches or whatever to, for Wong's glowy thing, or I think he was trying to push everybody with Bo Peep and he wanted them within her, her aura range, but. Yeah, he, he might have been able to spread out a little bit and not not maybe had as much movement, but kind of mitigated the, the, the effects of all those markers. When it comes to uh, dropping those markers with the uh, with his shockwave, are you always going with pyre markers or do you find yourself situationally chucking out an ice pillar or a scrap marker here and there? Um, I, I, I definitely prefer pyre to the other two. Uh, I think scrap is also okay because it's a damage and stunned, which situation a situation that can be really good. But the pyre marker is a fifty mil base, which means that the shockwave is you know gigantic, uh, so it, it's gonna it's gonna affect a lot more people. Um, and then you know that that the, the burning just keeps ticking you know round by round unless they try to assist it off. The pyre markers are those severe, or is that only in the Sonya crews? Yeah, uh, that's only Sonya. Gotcha. Okay, Doug, you can edit that out. <laughs> no, I'm going to make you sound like an idiot, Nick. <laughs> oh, damn. So based on the deployment, it sounds like that solidified your opening game plan, which ultimately dictated the rest of the game. Is that accurate to stay? To say? Yeah, that's, that's kind of what it felt like because he, he, again, his guys were in danger of, you know, dying basically, uh, you know, from turn one. And so I think he was having to change it change a lot of his gameplay um, early on. And also I was able to do that before he was able to get all his glowy up. Um, so he, he really couldn't even try to, you know, get his guys out of it um, early because he, he still had to kind of build up his, his Wong engine of, of glowy. So he was kind of stuck in the fire for, for several activations. Gotcha. As far as MVP models go, is there any specific model on your crew that just stands out? Uh, more than others during this game or does this crew have a um, high performing model that uh, uh, you find is crucial to Sandeep 2's game plan um i mean in this game Sandeep definitely did most of the damage i think he killed off uh you know bo peep he killed um he killed one of the swine cursed he killed um you know, by a gremlin that popped up. And then, of course, he did all, all the major damage at the start of, of turn one. So, yeah, he, he's, he's really crucial. I, I guess, you know, having Banasuva there to throw him or throw other people around is really big. And with Sandeep 2, Banasuva and Sandeep play off of each other because they're both academics and both elementals, which means they can both pitch cards to make the other one do an action. So it, it just gives you a lot of extra AP. Absolutely. Yeah, you could see the, the pressure that that puts on your opponent um, on the stream. Okay. Yeah. Uh, getting that out of activation, extra action. Uh, it, it also throws, from what I can tell, it throws players that may not expect Sandy to, to have that much AP or get AP out of their own activation to do right. stuff is pretty, uh, pretty amazing to see. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Um, how did the scores end up? Uh, you chose Breakthrough and Public Demo. Do you remember what your opponent chose? Uh, he chose Breakthrough and Assassinate. Yeah, and so he he was doing you know he was doing doing a good job with uh, Samuel Lacroix and trying to uh, you know bury my guys with Glimpse the Void. He he buried an Ice Golem, got it out of position. He buried the Oxfordian Mage and got it out of position. I just happened to be able to disengage with the Oxfordian Mage and walk over far enough to to deny him his Breakthrough points with um with Bo Peep. He had, I guess because she was injured, he had decided to kind of run around the flank and try to get you know, dive into my, my deployment zone, but based on where he got unburied, he was able to, uh, to go and deny that point. Um, so I, I, and I guess maybe because Christian was trying to get assassinate on Sandeep, that's why he was playing more aggressively with Wong than I thought he would. Um, and so, you know, he was, he was literally standing in the pyre marker, you know, shock waving every AP where I probably would have tried to walk out of it first, but it, it seems like he, he was so committed in doing that damage that he was, kind of burning himself to death, you know, with that model. So gotcha. I guess top of turn two, I realized that I was killing stuff a lot faster than I expected. And I tried, I tried to slow down my damage so that I would actually have some targets left to do uh, public demonstration. But that was probably a mistake because leaving Wong alive long enough allowed him to send one of my scheme markers into space and prevent me getting my second breakthrough point. And it also, um, well, he was also able to, you know, kill off some of my uh, some of my demonstration targets, and then everyone died anyway to burning, so I, I wasn't able to get my second point there anyway. So, ah, gotcha. I find that to be a challenge as a uh, as a relatively new player that you know trying to decide whether to you know I've got to keep this model alive because I got, it's worth points if I keep it alive, you know. Whereas it's better for the gameplay probably if I kill this model. And so, yeah, this was it. So it's kind of cool to hear you having that challenge with public demonstration. But do you have any any tips specific either to public demonstration in general or, you know, would you have done different or is it probably the right call in general to go for go for the points? Um, I, I guess you, you need to really think about your opponent's crew. And Wong is definitely the wrong crew to try to get public demonstration on because all his models are really dangerous, but they're also really squishy. So it's hard to leave them alive because they're going to hurt you a lot. And it's really easy to kill them. So it's it's hard to even fake um, you know, something else if you're attempting public demonstration. Makes sense. Thank you. Um, you know, I also got put into a weird spot. He was able to kill off a wind gammon with... Uh, Olivia uh, Bernard, the totem, he got his, uh, he got her out my eye trigger twice. And so she, she just, she oh just aced a wind gammon. Uh, you know, it's one random activation. Yeah, that was bonkers. So at that point I only had two targets left. I was, I was trying to leave um, Alphonse alive so I could score. But at that point I really needed to keep Vanasuva alive to have any chance. So I was forced to kill, you know, models that I was trying to leave around just because he had he had uh, he had murked my guy with his with his totem really offensively by the way it was it was not a fun moment it was kind of hilarious <laughs> <laughs> whenever a totem takes down anything it's always a, yeah. a reason for celebration across like the totems of Malifaux. oh 100% 100% well fantastic what what was the final score for you guys's game uh, it ended up uh, 5-1 i believe and again if i if i had just killed off wong i would have got 6 points and if i had taken assassinate i might have been able to get you know even more um so i again scheme selection is huge and really thinking about who your opponent is and 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 the crew you know makes it even even more important you know this was just a scheme that i haven't tried that often so i'm not as as familiar with it and i've I've learned my lesson so yeah 
Yeah. Well, congratulations on the win. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, we'd love to hear some insight and maybe some advice for a newer player or the quote-unquote bottom third player, uh, uh, someone facing uh, you or your crew, um, especially Sandeep 2, which we uh, I don't I don't see a lot of play out in the ether, um, but you're getting great <laughs> success my from. Don't it. tell anybody. I know. I'm about <laughs> to ask you for uh, for some for some uh, advice on that, and Doug will double double your payment at the end of the month. Excellent. But uh, uh, are, are, do you have any tips or, or or any thoughts on how to help some newer players uh, when they face uh, Sandeep crew in general, uh, especially when that uh, Sandeep two is declared? Uh, what they should be looking for. Uh, okay. So I guess like as a new, as a newer player, number one, I would, I wouldn't mind, you know, if they ask, if they ask me, you know, what should I not do? Um, you know, I feel like as a, as a veteran, you can give them a couple tips. Like you really don't want to bunch up, you know, all, all your models together within six inches. That's going to be bad for you uh, starting out. Um, but against, against this stand deep, man, I think, um, I guess anti-armor is always a good pick against Sandeep because, uh, you know, the gammon all have armor of, of some kind and the golems have armor. Um, you have to be ready for healing. If you're going to kill something, you, you need to be you know, ready to really focus in on it and try to take it out with several models in a row. Otherwise, it'll just get healed up. Um, you know, th- there's several models in the crew that can heal. So I just, I, I guess more more focus fire against Sandeep would probably be better. Now let's come at this as a middle tier player that's gotten some success, gotten some reps, gotten some experience on the table and or have played against Sandeep uh, uh, several times, but then they see the Sandeep too. Any advice towards those types of players that uh, may understand their crew well enough to start focusing in on your crew uh, is uh, condition removal, a key to have as a option in initial crew makeups is marker removal, which I think both of those you can see from the, the YouTube video are, are, are probably a, a good, option um is that stuff that we should that those middle tier players should be focused on or stick to the basics of looking at armor pin and the other advice you had for the uh, bottom third players yeah i I think condition removal is smart because all those little gammon and stuff they throw up poison or burning or you know slow or um you know whatever so i i think that's that's uh definitely important and you know i think all those elementals like uh, like markers as well. So mar- I think marker removal is really smart, um, and you know it can't hurt. There's there's a lot of Arcanist masters that like uh, marker removal, so I think definitely taking that into your anti Arcanist crews is is uh, is a really smart play. Now I got to ask for the top tier players. For me, please. Players not like me, but maybe Brian. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I need help. Oh. Uh, <laughs> How do I beat you, Jonathan? Because you're the terror of the Texas right now. Oh really? Oh. It's just it's just because I show up. Once you start showing up and playing your bio models, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, I I think I think just playing your you know crews that you're used to. I I don't think you should be experimenting too much. You know I think Sandeep Two does some cool stuff, but most of it is you know normal stuff. So if you're if you are you know just concentrating on on taking care of your business and and not trying any you know trick plays or whatever, I think I think you'll be fine. Fantastic. I think we're going to open it up to the to the rest of the group. Any questions for uh, Jonathan here on his win? I, I just I gotta say that you you won that game so hard that he went to game three tilted. <laughs> just so you're aware. I don't. Okay, so I, I don't know if I should say this about Christian uh, publicly, but I'll go ahead and do it. Like he um, he's had like this little mini vendetta against me for for for, for several months now. Like it's it's totally uh, it's totally friendly, but he's like he's committed to beating me. 
Um, and so like he really, every game is like, okay, this is a list I'm going to do. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to break the streak. And then I, I think every, every time it, I, I beat him, he just gets some more upset. And so he think, okay, now this is the list I'm, I'm going to bring. And he, apparently he had like a really good Seamus crew all built up, but then he decided to go back to Bayou. Um, I, I think Clay, Clay, no offense here, but I think Bayou players all have some, some form of mental illness where they like, they, they keep, they keep coming back to the pain. They're like, no, no, this time the machine will work. Like I, I got it now. I fixed all the problems. Like everything's going to work out right. And it's just, <laughs> you know, I, I would agree with that. I feel like everybody player played is uh, slightly off. I would not disagree with that. Yeah. Like they're like, Oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And you're like, well, but yeah. there's another player there that's going to be messing with your machine anyway. So Christian really does learn well yeah. from his mistakes. That is one thing I really have to say about him. No, he, he's, a, he's a really skilled player. He, he makes, you know, good lists. He makes good decisions um, other than taking Bayou. But uh, <laughs> he, yeah, anyway, you, you know, this, this time it just didn't work out. So I've got a couple questions for you here. As uh, I'm someone who very much in second edition played a whole ton of Sandeep. No, you didn't. And uh, that I didn't, I, I did. I was legendary with Sandeep there in second edition. So I didn't play a lot of Sandeep uh, towards the beginning of third edition. And then I was starting to put him back onto the table. And then, you know, a uh, pandemic happens. Right. And so didn't get to the table a lot. And then, uh, you know, coming back at it, I'm like, well, I'm going to play something a little more straightforward and played a whole bunch of, you know, Titanian Marcus and haven't really gotten back to Sandeep yet. So a player who is new to Sandeep or I mean Sandeep 2, because I see you playing Sandeep 2 a lot more than Sandeep 1. I, th- I think all the summoning nerfs really hurt Sandeep 1's, uh, you know, playability. You're, you're, you're spending stones on models that can't score you points or at least can't score you points initially. Um, and especially with strats like cursed objects, it just, you're, you're, you're not doing it yourself any favors, you know, pulling out those extra gammon. Um, it's, it's possible Sandeep one is better. I just have so much more fun playing Sandeep two. That's, that's why I choose him. Uh, like, like for me, he does the stuff that I would like to do with Wong, but again, his guys are more survivable. So I, I can, I can throw out my magic stuff and I can, I can live to, you know, tell the tale, you know, as opposed to like having to hurt myself to, you know, to do what I want. So it just, it, 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 it works a lot better for me. I honestly had not looked at Sandeep 2's card very much at all <laughs> until today. I'm like, look at this going, oh, dude, yeah. this is delightful. Yeah, it's really fun. And I'm like, so, yeah. What do you really keep in mind as far as your um, crew construction counter picks there, etc.? You said sometimes you're bringing a second uh, golem instead of Kudra. So are you bringing like the fire golem? Or are you bringing the metal golem? What, which golems are you bringing to the table? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, like, uh, you know, the metal golem has some cool movement tricks. The fire golem can help if you're trying to throw down extra pyre markers, if you're trying to do, um, load them up. Uh, so that can, that can be helpful. You know, th- there's other tech picks you can throw in there. Um, you know, if you're going, trying to go anti-armor or something, you can throw in a joss to try to get some irreducible damage. So I, I, I think have, having your basic crew of, you know, five-ish models and throwing in a couple tech picks, uh, you know, generally works out well for, for, for that crew. Okay. And also then, what matchups do you not like to take Sandeep into? That's a great question. I, um, I generally take Sandeep only into a couple different factions, although I may try to start using him more often just, just to see how it works out. It, it just happens that he's good in, into Bayou. 
and Texas has a lot of Bayou players. So I, I've been playing them a lot recently. Okay, because, yeah, I'm just looking to see. Because, I mean, you played three different Masters over the tournament. You played Hoff 2, Sandeep right. 2, and then Damian 1. Right. Uh, yeah, so, so like, yeah, I guess, like, uh, Hoffman has more access to Ruthless than Sandeep. So, you know, I might be, be more inclined to take him into, you know, Reservoirs or Neverborn or something like that. Um, but, again, I, I think I just need to take a look at the scheme pool. And, and if, if Sandeep seems to meet that, the, the scheme pool matchup better, he, he might end up being a better choice than trying to take some Ruthless models. That's great. Any other advice for new Sandeep players that uh, or, or returning Sandeep players that, uh, that you might have? Um. Yeah, I don't like. Uh, I don't know. I, I I guess just play around with the list, try some different combos. In in, in my game, I I tend to always take an Oxfordian Mage just because he can hold the magical training upgrade, and he generally acts like a potato. He just kind of like walks around, um, but he has he has a lot of passive effects that help out the other models. Like if an elemental is standing by him and they concentrate, they heal too. So just by like existing. He can he, he can do some healing stuff just by standing around. He has an aura that can remove conditions, so it looks like he's not doing anything. And you know he he can punch a guy or shoot a guy, but it, it he he does a lot even though it doesn't seem like he's doing a lot. So I, I think he's definitely a solid you know solid pick at least, especially with this crew. That's cool. So Jonathan, have you ever used a Shastar Vidya guard in Sandeep's crew? And um, if so, to what effect and why? Yeah, I tried it once. My first game was Sandeep 2, and, and Trey punished me savagely. He was playing uh, the Vix at that point, and he just like, oh, I will kill that thing. Thank you. <laughs> I, oh, I, and I got a vendetta this. point because he, he cost eight stones. So it's like, okay, put that guy back in the back in the pile. I mean, I, I, I think I think the guard definitely has some play with the ricochet. Again, if you, if you got guys clumping up or you know that um, people like to clump and one model is, is going to be easier to hit than the other. You could use him to get some ping damage on the, uh, on the guy that is terrifying or manipulative or, or, or whatever. He just doesn't usually make the, the A list because I, I don't think about him as much probably because of the beat down that Trey gave me that, that, that very first game. Ah, fair enough. It's more personal than yeah, I, 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 yeah, reasonable. I think so. I think yeah. so. Are you ever bringing the, uh, the uh, new uh, Windy Golem for, for Winds Golem with your Deep at all? Yeah, so I brought him last month against uh, John Moser, who was also playing Wong. And on that map, there were a lot of gravestones everywhere. And so, you know, your big fat 50 mil bases can't fit. Uh, but he flies and he and he leaps and he throws people in weird places. So I, I think he definitely has play. He's just squishier. He doesn't have armor. He's got, you know, uh, bulletproof or whatever. So against shooting crews, I think he'd be very good. Um, and again, if you have if you have some some terrain issues, he, he's very good. Um, you know, I think that model's good for in your face. Because he costs ten stones, and it's really easy for him to get in the opponent in the opponent's deployment zone. Um, but you know, uh, otherwise, uh, ice golem with the flurry and the armor too is just it's really hard to argue with that. Uh, and, and the three four six damage track that can have a little cheeky crit strike trigger. So, yeah, I was gonna say, are you ever uh, chucking out those uh, ice pillars to give him that uh, built baked in on there? Because I know I do that a lot with raspy. Um, yeah, it happens sometimes, especially if he's close to, you know, Banasuba, he can concentrate and he gets an automatic ice pillar and then it's, it's game on. All right. Any other questions from the group? I know we have a question from our discord and if, uh, our listeners haven't heard, you can ask questions to our panel and to our guests, uh, through our discord channel. And we got a question from the one and only Pete from Rage Quit Wire. Oh, thank goodness. There's uh, only one of him. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're going to edit that out, right, Doug? No, I'm of course um, not. Yeah. I love Pete. <laughs> I know. Pete's awesome. Um, so, uh, are Madness of Malifaux Masters dumb and power creeping? Question mark. Or are they a cool addition to the tournament scene? Question mark. Hashtag table flip. Go for it, Jonathan. You got any uh, response to that question? I think with any new um, any new addition to the game, there are going to be a couple models that are you know halfway busted, and it feels like each of the new crews probably has at least one or two that that need to get nerfed next next errata. I think like Tall by himself is fine. I think there's a couple interactions with some of his uh, you know crew members that are maybe a little bit too strong. Uh, you, you know, Damien too is the is the kind of master that only someone as as nefarious as Andre Demings, uh, you know, could play repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, and I I got to play Castor, uh, big Castor yesterday, and he's really fun on his own. He just runs around and kills you know everything. So I I don't I don't know if they're necessarily overpowered. Maybe I, I guess more overpowered than others because when the when the title masters came out, there were a lot of busted guys there too, and then they fixed most of them. Uh, so hopefully they'll do the same to these masters, you know, come, come springtime. It probably will be a full year for being honest <laughs> Yeah, they don't like to nerf things that quickly. Oh, um, yeah. True. Yeah. They got to make sure that you know, most of the boxes get, get, get released before they nerf them. Yeah. And, and you want them to, you want the meta to shake out, right? Like, yeah, that's true. Do things seem powerful now? Sure. But let's see how we feel in six months. Right. You know, we might find counters to, to Toll or to Damien or to any of the other newer masters. I mean, Caster is going to be a beast, right? Right. Right. Eh? <laughs> Anyone? Nothing? No? Okay. You know, I'm actually excited to play, um, as uh, Andre referred to him, how do I hold all these limes, Castor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fun. what he looks like. Yeah. yeah. That model will never see the table for me, just so, okay. just so we're clear. So I'm looking at him. I love, I love the concept of him. Uh, it looks on paper decent, but I obviously have not seen him on the table yet. He is really good. His totem is really good. Uh, the rest of his crew got killed pretty easily. So again, there's you know kind of kind of give and take there. It's all awful. You're <laughs> awful, <laughs> Ryan. Is it just because the cards have purple on them? Is that is that we're, we're exactly? Just, we're just I can't share these with Neverborn. <laughs> Neverborn's the weakest faction. Why are you sharing me with Neverborn? Hey. <laughs> Am I wrong, Doug? I do decent with Neverborn when I play. I'm, I'm saying, but the weakest faction overall. Just because it's sad doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> sad sipping noises. There we go. <laughs> Poor Doug. We're all right, gentlemen. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Jonathan, again, congratulations on your, on your podium. Yeah, thanks for uh, having we me. Appreciate you uh, uh, chiming in and giving us some insight to your gameplay and some of the decisions that were made. Our, our, our next episode is going to be with uh, Trey and, and his game. I believe he podiumed and got first place. If I don't, right? If, or if I remember correctly. So, thanks for having me. Students of Conflict is brought to you by Top Dog Design. Check out topdogdesign.com for all of your Malfo terrain needs. Top Dog Design, 3D printable designs to enhance your tabletop. Students of Conflict is not an official product of Weird Miniatures LLC. All intellectual property belonging to Weird Miniatures is used with permission. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of entities they represent. Any content provided by our guests and or hosts are their opinion and not intended to malign any group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Woo!
This is where you guys say, hey. Start fresh at today we're speaking with, and yeah. then that'll give them a chance to say, hey. Hey. Hey, girl. <laughs>